daughter. I have her blood. I have her, I have her temperament. I am Robert Kyer's daughter. I have his temperament. There's things about him that I have. Um, he's laid back. He was quiet. He was even-tempered. You know, come what may, you know, nothing bothers him, you know, and, you know, I, I can be that way. I can be like, let's don't rock the boat. Let's just make peace with everybody, even lie about it, you know. So, I, you know, I know whose child in the natural I am. And I know that when I walk into my mom and dad's house, what I can do and what I can't do. I know where I can go and where I can't go. Now, Richard, he married into the family. He came into the family. Even before he was legally part of the family, he would walk into the house, open up the refrigerator. What's to eat, Mom? You know, he just had that natural instinct about him to know and to be comfortable with that he knew whose family he was a part of. How much more then should we know as a child of God what belongs to us because we are children of God, because we've been adopted into the kingdom of God? How much more then should we know that, you know what, I'm okay with God? He's okay with me. Because of the blood of Jesus, because I've said yes to Jesus, that he is, talking about this recently, he is the way. We are in the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And because I've said yes to that, that has grafted me into the body of Christ. Now I am part of the family of God. Now there I have rights because of that. And so it's important that I understand what those rights are. And so that's what we've been trying to establish here on Wednesday nights and Faith Builders is to get us to understand what are my rights? What do I have? What, you know, where can I go? Where can I not go? Because I will tell you that in the kingdom of God, there are, there are things that I can't do. You know, there are, we, I call those convictions. Y'all know what a conviction is? <laughs> you start to do something, and you get this mm, right here in the gut, like, don't you dare open up your mouth and say that. Don't you dare give that look. Don't you dare look at that. Don't you, you know, there's just things that you know that you can't do. There's, you know, because I'm a believer, because of convictions that I have, there are things I, can, I don't go. I don't go. I don't go to places because of conviction that I have. You know, a conviction I have is I, we don't celebrate Halloween. Now we're doing a trucker, trunk or treat, but we're not celebrating Halloween. We're taking an opportunity to be able to bless children of the community. But we don't celebrate Halloween. That's a conviction that we have. So we're not going to haunted houses. We're not going to seances. I'm not reading horoscopes. I'm not going to palm readers. 
Why? Because God says specifically not to do those kinds of things. Well, why can't I do those things? Because God has established an order of the Holy Spirit, his word, the blood of Jesus, and that's who we listen to. That's who we follow. That's, we are led by the spirit of God. We're not led by spirits. We're led by the spirit of God. So, you know, conviction, a word that we don't talk about too much in the church, but we should talk about more. <laughs> it wants, especially with the holidays coming, who wants to talk about conviction? So we went, hey, Greg, I'm not seeing a timer up there. I forgot to tell you to make sure I'm on time if you're up there. Um, yeah, so we talked about righteousness, knowing who we are in Christ Jesus, and I would encourage you that if you're struggling with that, that you um, read Ephesians chapter 1 several, 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 several times. Read it in multiple translations. Go through it. If you have a, a, a hard-bound Bible, a, a paper Bible, go through it. And, or if, you're, if your Bible will allow, if your um, electronic Bible will let you, I have one that will let me underline um, in him, of whom, of him, by him in Jesus. Go through and underline all those things and read those scriptures over and over again if you're struggling with your identity of who you are in Christ Jesus. And those scriptures will help you immensely. So tonight, as we're building on faith builders, as we're building on, I want to talk to us tonight about our confession of faith. What are you saying? What are you saying? I was thinking about this tonight that um, as we were driving in, um, you know, and again, I mean, we could be, you know, I can be saying, and we talked about this scripture, scripture, double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So I can be saying, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Oh, I feel so terrible. You know, well, but that's the truth. I do feel terrible. Yes, but okay, that's, that is truth. I do feel terrible. But the truth is that by his stripes, I am healed. So I have to, what is my confession? And again, we're not, it's, it's, not, it's not that, I remember when we first came into the word of faith 40-some years ago. You know, um, there was some people around that, man, you couldn't say anything negative. Or else you got the beat down. I mean, you couldn't, say, I mean, we weren't allowed to say scared to death, you know, knock me silly, or, you know, anything like that, I'm just, I'm going to just die of laughter right here, you know. No, you can't, you know, and, uh, and I'm just, you know, so you constantly just, oops, you know, trying to guard what you were saying. You know, it's, it's not so much that, that, that bondage, you know, because there have been times that I've said things to Richard, and he's looked at me, and he's like, really? And I'm like, oh, no, that's, that's not, that's not like I said something tonight about my mom. Um, he says, Sharon, don't say that. And I'm, I'm like, I, well, I, that's not what I mean, you know. So sometimes we say things, and we just have to just make sure that we're, there's a scripture in Psalms that says, God, put a guard up on my mouth that I say only those things that are pleasant in your ears. So that is my goal. That's my goal. I want to make sure that I'm saying things that are pleasant to the ears of God, pleasant to his ears, and then also pleasant to those that are around me. 
Anytime I'm meeting with a group of women, and guys, I'm sorry, but you guys are not like this. I know you never do this, but women get together and my word, rah, 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 and all of a sudden the conversation can go way off somewhere and here we are talking about Betty Lou and her hair and how short her dress is and can you believe that she keeps her house that way and we're just off somewhere. And it's to no benefit. It's not benefiting anybody. It's not benefiting my ears. It's not benefiting the people around me, and definitely Betty Lou, who is not even in the room. So before I even get together with a bunch of women, or even one woman, I'll say, I pray, I say, God, put a guard upon my lips, that we say only those things that are pleasant. And you'd be surprised at how many times I've had to check myself before I say something, because maybe they've said something, and I wanted so bad to feed into that say yeah but did you hear and I'm like oh, no, I can't because I pray God put a guard upon my lips you know now I can't tell you that I don't mess up because I do you know and I've had I've had to call and say I'm sorry I should have never said that about that they weren't there and it's not true and I exaggerated whatever you know do that a few times and that'll stop you from yeah. talking <laughs> And I think, I think that if we would do that even amongst ourselves about our own conversation, either about us, you know, they say, you know, I, I heard this guy say years ago, he says, if I would come up and call you, hey, stupid, but you call yourself stupid or dumb or I'm just, I'm just, not, I'm just not that smart. But if I would come up and say, you know what, you're just not that smart. You'd be really offended at me. But we don't get offended whenever we say it about ourselves. And we should. We sh I should be offended whenever I say things about myself like that. I should be offended whenever I hear myself say things that are contrary to the word of God. I should be offended whenever I'm not, I'm not talking the way that God told me to talk. I should be offended at that. So much more than what I am offended if I come up and say, you're stupid. <laughs> I should be even more offended if I say it about myself. So, you know, we've got our confession of our faith. What are we saying? What are we saying? So God established the law of confession from the beginning of time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it talks about in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, it talks about, and God said, let there be. And there was. And you say, well, yeah, but Sharon, he's the creator. He's God. Well, God has established a law of seed tide and harvest for us. He did. He said, so words are seeds. Okay? Words are seeds. They, they come out of our mouth. We plant them. We sow them. And as we plant them and we sow them, they, they take root and they grow. So what kind of seeds are we sowing? Because there's a time that's gonna, that we're going to harvest what we've said. There's the law of seed time and harvest. God established it. He, he, he said this is the way that it works. And, and he even told Adam and Eve, he said, go and multiply seed time and harvest. He told, he told Abraham, this is what's going to happen. I say to you, this is what's going to happen. 
And it did. And as Abraham, we talked about this a few weeks ago, as Abraham began to hear when he, once his name was changed from Abram to Abraham, meaning father of many nations, he began to hear the seeds were planted. He began to hear it. And the more that he began to hear it, the more his faith began to grow in it and the more that his body then began to conform to it and Sarah's body began to conform to it. And soon, after 25 years, soon, they produced a son. 25 years later. And we get upset because I prayed this morning. Why isn't it happening? 25 years later. So he created the world with his confession. I want to tell you, share with you a testimony. And she's not here. It's somebody else's testimony. It's Joan Sample. Does, how many of you all know Joan Sample? She, um, she, she's, been, she's been here as long as, I think, longer than what we, I think she was here before we were, yeah. And um, uh, her and her husband, Larry, attend church here, and he died a few years ago. And then about three years ago, I think it was, maybe two, it was before COVID. I think it was, I think it was April of 2018. She, um, she, her body was just full of poison. She had abscess throughout her whole body. And uh, she ended up down at Beaumont, down in Detroit. And long story short, they ended up her, so she has one kidney, it was shutting down. And then her liver was shutting down. And so you, th those are two major organs that when, once they start shutting down, you could pretty much just figure you're out of here. And but her daughters weren't ready, and Joan wasn't ready. Joan, wasn't, Joan was just coming into, you know, her husband had just died like maybe two years before that. She was finally kind of getting her feet back underneath her, and she was just, she was figuring out what her new season was. And um, so here she is and down in Beaumont, and the doctors tell her, her children, we need to put her on a ventilator so that her liver can start functioning again because her body, she's not allowing her body to, to do that. So they put her out, they, vent they ventilated her and um, we went down to visit her. And I, on the way down, as I was praying, I, I just felt the Lord say, you need to tell the girls to tell their mother, even though she's out, she's not alert, she can still hear you. Mom, speak to your liver and command it to start operating. And so whenever we got in, we were in a small room before we went in to see her. We got in there and we said, I told him, I, I shared that with him. I said, you need to tell mom, speak to your liver, mom. Mom, even though she can't talk, she can think. Liver, work. Liver, operate. And, uh, and then it was really interesting so she, ha she had a, um, a Hindu doctor, and uh, he, uh, so I, we met him out in the hallway, and as we were meeting him, he said to us, he says, you need to tell Joan, and I just told her this, she needs to speak to her liver. She needs, so here's a Hindu doctor who's taking a biblical principle of say to, and it will be established. 
And he's taking a biblical, a spiritual principle and telling the girls, tell your mama to do this. And we said, yeah, let's go in and tell mama right now that she, and so every day they would remind, and it wasn't long after that, pretty soon her liver started operating, started working, and pretty soon, I mean, she had a long haul to, to come out of it, but eventually, and today, she's up, she, I mean, she comes to church here, she helps me with women of season, she's alive, she's a well, but it, it was because of her confession of faith. What was she saying? She was saying, liver, you work the way that God, the creator of my body, created you to work in Jesus' name. And we see that happening a lot. We see that happen, happen a lot with people. We, we, say, we have, we have a, a, a granddaughter who um, the doctors have diagnosed her with cerebral palsy. You know, now, she's two years old. She doesn't know that she has cerebral palsy. And that kid runs, she jumps, she plays. She, you know, I can, when, I can tell that she has it because when she gets tired, she, her, her muscles start to contract and she tightens up and crosses her legs. But you would never know by looking at her that that's what, that's what she has because her papa and I, we command her body to operate the, the way that God the creator created her to operate. Recently, she's been, she deals with um, a low immune system. So there's something in her blood. The white blood cells don't ward off infections or viruses. So she's constantly is being tested for viruses because as soon as she spikes a temperature, they have to take her in and she, they test her. And so right before we got COVID, <laughs> I had had her on Friday, and then again on Monday. She's snotting. She's carrying 103 temperature, you know, and I'm laying hands on her and confessing over her and declaring over her, you're whole, you're healthy. You know, it comes back. She has, she has um, uh, a, a common cold, or respiratory something. I forget what it's called. I forget what it was called. Anyway, it's a name, and whenever you look it up, it's common cold. She has a cold. I said, oh, okay, all right. Well, guess who got the cold? And then because my immune system was down, guess who got COVID? Yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, shoot, I should have, <laughs> where was my shield of faith? <laughs> but, you know, our confession of our faith, what are we saying? What are we saying? Now, throughout history, God has been moved by confession. Our faith from the beginning is based on our confession. Our faith in Christ is based on our confession. Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. So our, our, our relationship with Christ is based on our confession of our, uh, our, of our confession of our faith. So then, I mean, if we can believe that for our salvation... I mean, if, if all of us in here, let's say we all came in tonight, we weren't believers, and I said, okay, this is, you guys want to believe, be believers? Yes, I want to get saved, I want to go to heaven. Okay, this is what you have to do. And I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to talk you through it. This is what Jesus did for you. This is what he promised. This is what the Father's promised. All right, so, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Yes, I believe. Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? Yes, I believe. All right, 
Let's pray and tell the Father God that we believe that. And so we, we say a prayer. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that he died on the cross for me. Thank you that he rose from the dead for me. Thank you, Father God, that his blood was shed to wash away my sins. And I receive that tonight in Jesus' name. And then we open up our eyes and I say, all right, you guys are all believers. Now, if I come up to you afterwards and I say, Connie, are you a believer? Yeah. How do you know? I confessed. You confessed. So, and I ran around to all of you and you said, yes. How do you know? I confessed. I believe. I confessed it. All right, so now let's take that into our healing for our bodies. The scripture says that by his stripes in Isaiah 53, it says that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and with his stripes we are healed. Healed. In Psalm 107, I think it says, he sent his word, Jesus, and healed them. Psalm 103, he has, he has blessed you with all of these benefits, and one of those is healing. So if I would say to you tonight, Kara, I understand that you're sick. I would love to pray with you and confess with you that you're healed in Jesus' name. Would you like to do that? What? Yes? <laughs> so Kara and I, we take the word of God. We say according to the word of God. This is what God's word says about Kara says that by the stripes of Jesus, she is healed. So in Jesus' name, we declare, body, you are whole, you are healthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Kara, are you healed? Yes. But a lot of times we go, I don't know. It still hurts. It still aches. It still... I still got the headache, I still got the snots, I still got the cough, I still got, you know, the tests are still showing. Okay, either God's word is true or God's word is a lie. We have to face the facts. Well, the facts is that, that I'm sick. No, okay, but what do we believe? What do we believe? And see, this is, in that again, is where that cognitive dissonance comes in. That, that, yeah, but my body says, yeah, okay, I know what your body says, but what does God's word say? And see, that's where the scripture says that faith comes by hearing. And hearing, if you go on down through there in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we're going to build our faith, we have to hear the word of God and not constantly listen to... Now, I'm not saying ignore what your body is saying to you because I've ignored what my body's saying. I went out running. I went out walking a couple weeks ago thinking, oh, great, no pain in my knees. I can go walking. I got out there and I thought, I think I can run from here to there. Two weeks later, I'm still dealing with a choice that I made that I will not make that choice again. I do not have to run. Nothing is chasing me. <laughs> and if something is chasing me, I guarantee you I will be able to run. 
All right, so let's go to, um, um, let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. I'm not sure what. There you go. I'm like, whose notes are whose notes have you been showing up there? First um, Timothy chapter six and verse twelve. This is how the Amplified says: Fight the good fight of faith, and hold fast, and lay hold of the eternal life, which is which to which you were summoned, and for which you confessed the good confession of faith before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. One translation says, fight in the arena of faith. Okay, so those of you that know boxing, you know that they have an arena that they fight in. Or back in the day when Paul, you know, the crusaders and, and you know, they were killing Christians, they would bring them out into an arena and they would fight in that arena. Wasn't much of a fight, but, you know, at any rate, you know, Paul was saying, fight the good fight, fight in the arena of faith. So if I'm, if I'm in a battle, okay, my first question is, Sharon, where are you fighting? Where's your foothold? Because if my foothold is in the flesh, if my foothold is in my mind, if my foothold is in the natural that's not the fight I want to fight. I want to get into the arena of faith. And where is that? That's in the word of God. So I'm going to get into the arena of faith, and I'm going to make sure that my confession is a good confession of faith. It's a good confession of the word. Okay? Now, Psalm 19 and verse 14. Psalm 19, verse 14 in the Amplified says, let the word, I, I, this is the scripture I quote a little bit ago, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my firm and penetrable rock and my redeemer. So let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. What is acceptable in the sight of God? His word. That's good, John. His word is acceptable in his sight. You know, I love, I love reading after David, the psalmist, because I understand where David is coming from. There's days that I felt like and days I do feel like, God, I have cried till there are no more tears. Lord, do you not hear their threats? Do you not understand what I'm going through? Have you forsaken me? Where are you, God? And then all of a sudden, David turns it around and he says, yet I will praise you, yet I will glorify you. You are my rock, you're my shield, you're my high tower, you're the one that I run to, you're the one that's never left me, you've never forsaken me. What's, what's David doing? He's building himself up in faith, remembering, he's remembering what God did do. Sometimes we got to go back and we have to remember we have to talk to ourselves and we have to say, God, I remember when. And Pastor and I, we do this a lot with each other. We'll say, remember, remember the time, Sharon, that we were down to one can of beans and we had to walk to church and there was a bunch of ORU students there? We were going we to come home from church and eat those beans and die. But God, 
but God saw to it that those ORU students would give us their leftover groceries from the week, and we had to ask for a ride home because we had like six bags of paper bag groceries that we had to get back. And there was just me, Richard, and, and Greg. Greg wasn't big enough to carry a bag of groceries. So we had to ask for a ride. There was stuff in those bags. That we, I mean, we, we start encouraging ourselves in the Lord. We start remembering, you know, hey, remember when? Remember whenever uh, Greg was carrying a high temperature and all we had was, you know, baby, back then we gave him baby, those chewable baby aspirins. And so, you know, we were just starting out in faith. And so we said, okay, we need to give him these. I mean, he was carrying a high temperature. And so we, I said, we need to give him th these. And so Richard said, okay, well, let's give them to him in faith, believing that God is going to work with the aspirin. And it wasn't 15 minutes later, and his temperature was gone. So, you know, whenever we start getting bombarded with this or that, we go, remember when? You know, when church people start acting ugly, not, not, nobody here. You guys are out on a Wednesday night. You guys are saints, you know. But when church people start acting ugly, we look at each other and we go, you know what? You know, Noreen and Jeff, boy, they're faithful. They're faithful. They're always there. They're always giving. They're always loving. They're always, they're, they'll do anything they, that you want. We, we need 100 more Noreen and Jeffs. I mean, we, we've said that. We've said that. We've said that about people in our church. You know, we need, we need 100 more of you guys. You know, faithful, encouragers, givers, you know. And, what, and so what are we doing? We're shutting out the negative. And we're choosing to focus on the positive. Okay, so let's move on. Let's look at Mark 11, 23 through 24. Mark 11, 20, Mark 11 23 through 24. Again, this is out of the Amplified. Jesus is talking, he says, truly I tell you, whoever, now I want you to pay attention to a couple words here, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, in prayer, believe, trust and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. So a couple things I want you to look at here. He says, whoever says to this mountain. Now notice Jesus doesn't say, pray to the Father that he will remove the mountain. Does it say that? It says, speak to the mountain, say to the mountain, prophesy to the mountain. You're like, oh, I wish I could prophesy. Get out the word of God. Amen. That's prophecy. Put it in your mouth and say it. That's prophecy. So Jesus here, he didn't say, just get on your knees and beg God to move that mountain. And don't get up until God has moved that mountain. But how many of us have prayed? Oh, dear God, please move that mountain. I've prayed. I've, I've asked God to move a mountain. God, take this thing away. God, move this thing. God, cast that thing. And No, but God said, you say, 
Jesus says, you say to the mountain, to the mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt, but believes that what he says, what you are saying, again, what are you saying? Believe what you are saying. Believe what you're saying. It will take place. It will be done for him. Okay? So, again, it's you are saying to the mountain. So what's your mountain in front of you today? What is your mountain? Finances? Healing? Relationships? What is that mountain? You need to start speaking to that mountain and start declaring that mountain is moved in Jesus' name, okay? And we're going we're gonna to go over some things here in a little bit, and I'll show you how to do that. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. And again, that goes back to us knowing who we are in Christ Jesus, identifying with, our right, with, our, with his righteousness, because whenever we do, then we know that he's a faithful father and that he's a man of his word. He does not lie. Whenever we truly know that, but if I'm like, oh, I don't know if God's going to do this or not, then see, I really don't know the Father God. If I'm asking according to his word, and see, that's the key there too. Is, this, is, it, God, is it in God's word? Okay? So we know that healing is in God's word because it says. We know that financial blessing is in God's word. He said, we know that, relation, that godly relationships are in his word. Hello. There's probably more about love and getting along with one another in the New Testament than there is anything else. Okay? So, hold fast. Fast means to get possession of. Take to possess it. Okay? If I have it in my possession, what is, what is the supposedly the law? Not, possession is nine-tenths of the law. That's not even true anymore, is it? You know, but according to God, we take hold of, we possess it. We grab a hold of it. We grab a hold of it. And then profession means to say the same thing as another, agree with, assent to it. So we have a mental assent that we can do with God's word. That we can say, I assent to that. I agree with this. I come in agreement with God's word. Okay, the power that's with that, the power that's behind that, the power of agreement. You know, even Jesus said, where two or three of you agree together, what? I'm in the midst of you. I'm there with you. Two or three. That's power of agreement. So if we come together, if I come together and agree with God's word, how much power is that? Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp. It's a discerner. It's a divider. It's a healer. It's, it's a, it's, it, it, it is an intention. It, it determines the intention of the heart. That's how powerful God's word is. And we talked about that a few weeks ago, that 
that, that about the word of God and how, what the power that that contains. The power that that contains. If words are seeds, then we need to be speaking the word of God because it's, it's double power. Okay? It's double power. So if words are seeds, I speak the word of God, I've just doubled down on, on whatever it is that I, that I need for God for, to have manifest in my life. Versus if I just spoke something just off the top of my head and it's my word. I, you know, my word carries power. You know, sticks and stones, that's a lie. Words hurt. Words are powerful. So if my words in the natural are powerful, how much more than my word with God's word is going to be powerful? If we can just get a hold of this, if we can get a hold of this, you're going to, we're going to see things change in our lives. We're going to see things change in our lives, but we have got to get a hold of it and understand, and again, not to put us in bondage of, I can never say anything negative. Oops. Oh, no, I just destroyed everything. No, that's where God's grace comes in. Thank God for his grace. Amen. All right. Um, let us go to now. I want to share with you five confessions to say over yourself. Five confessions to say over yourself. You have to start somewhere. And, and I know for a few weeks um, I brought in, um, you know, we talked about the wells of salvation and I brought in uh, buckets full of word in them and, and some of you came up and dug some word out and uh, drew out of the wells of salvation. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, what, what did you say, Adam? Uh, well, there you go. And, you know, but those are things that, that we need to, you know, those are confessions that we can make over ourselves, that we can declare over ourselves. That's God's word. That's what he has to say about us. And so these are five, er five confessions to say over yourself five different areas that we need to declare of ourselves. The first one is Jesus is Lord. Now to Philippians chapter 4, or I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. This is how they amplified. Therefore, because he stooped so low, God highly exalted him, Jesus, and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that in and at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue frankly and openly confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So how, how do I make that a confession? How do I make that a confession of faith for myself? This is what I would do. I declare over myself today that as God highly exalted Jesus and gave him a name that was above every other name, that at that name, every knee, my knee bows and my knee declares that Jesus Christ is Lord. So you see what I did there? I took the word and I inserted me. I, myself, me, myself, and I. And I made it about me. I made it personal to me. So that's how we, that's how we make confessions of faith. You know, you might be reading a word and all of a sudden it pops up at you and go, okay, how can I apply this to me? Just break it apart, tear it apart, write it out, write a sentence out and put your name in there. Okay, let's go on to the next one. This is a big one. 
No anxiety, okay? No anxiety. I declare over myself that I have no anxiety. And, I, you know, and I didn't think I used to struggle with this until um, I ended up on top of a mountain in Haiti <laughs> with, with Noreen. And it was, I mean, when it gets dark in Haiti up in the mountains, it's dark. And it was pitch black. And it had been raining. I mean, so, and so we had to, we drove up the mountain, first of all. And so we had to park our vehicles up here, and then we had to bring our luggage down. And we were staying at a, um, what was it that they called it? called it a compound, but it was a resort. It was a resort. Yeah. So we had to carry our luggage back down. It was raining, and we had to carry our luggage back down to the resort which consisted of an outdoor gazebo where we sat down and we ate, and a gecko jumped onto my cup. And then there were all kinds of things flying around. I'm not sure what that was. And then we went into our room, our hut, and there was, you shut the door, there's this much space underneath. There were no screens on the windows. And I don't know, did, we, did they even have shutters? I think they had shutters, but there was like this much space under the shutters. Um, the shower was basically, there's a bucket there, and you turned the water on, you poured the water over top of you, and the toilet was basically, you poured water down the toilet, you know, if you wanted to. And then there was a drunk guy over the hill somewhere, and okay, so we got there at night, and I couldn't see a thing, okay, and I'm like, okay, so we had some, we had our driver who was a male, and then we had a couple of guys who were with us that were sort of like bodyguards, I think I could have taken them. But um, <laughs> at any rate, they were there to protect us. And, and uh, so, we, so, I mean, I'm just like, okay, so where are these guys staying? Well, they're staying in a house down, down over the hill. Okay, they're not next to us? No, they're, they're protecting us, yeah. They're gonna be in the house next. So I looked at Margie, our, our guide, our, our leader, and I said, could they sleep outside in front of the door? No, no, they can't do that. Okay, so anyway, I mean, and so Noreen and Margie, and, and I can't remember who else was there, but they're just all talking, you know, and they're, they're like, you know, isn't this great, isn't this fun, isn't it? And I've got, all of a sudden, I can feel this welling up on the inside of me, like, you can't, I can't breathe you got to get off this mountain. you got to get down off of here. This isn't safe up here. And they're over here just, yeah, I would do this again. This is just like camping. This is so much fun. And I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to hyperventilate. And finally, I, and I, I thought that I was talking, but they couldn't hear me. Finally, I turned and I said, can I say something? And they said, oh, sure. And they were like, and so I, they were like, you know, all ears because Sharon's going to speak. <laughs> because let me tell you this, this is another side story. The night before, Sharon was so brave because they, Sharon had to take care of mice that were in the other people's room. Noreen slept, Noreen slept through the whole thing, and Sharon was so brave. So, yeah, so all four of us ended up in the same room because Sharon was so brave. So here Sharon is this night, and... And, I'm, and so I, finally, I opened up my mouth. I said, I won't do this again. <gasps> what? I said, I, I can't do this. Okay. You know, 
finally, I, you know, I had to, I had to talk myself down. I had to say, but I laid in bed that night declaring, God, you've got to stop the rain. <laughs> We're going to slide off this mountain. God, you've got to stop that, shut that guy, that drunk up in Jesus' name. And where is he? Does he know that we're here? There's no locks on these doors, you know. And, and so, I mean, I had to really just, yeah. And and uh, what, what's there's geckos that's going to crawl in. It's raining outside. They don't want to be wet. So I I just really had to talk myself down, and speak the word, speak peace over myself. That and so I was the first one up the next morning, and I went outside. And I'm telling you, I looked around, and I went. This is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Oh, there's the guys. They're right there. <laughs> we could just walk outside the, the hut, and right there, their, their hut was right there. I'm like, okay, all right. I could do this again. Yeah, all right, I could do this again. You know, isn't it amazing that what we can't see causes anxiety within us? But this is the thing. Okay, so no anxiety. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, this is what, and i got to hurry up through this. No more story, Sharon. Okay. Casting the whole of your care, all of your anxiety, all of your worries, all your concerns, once and for all upon him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Okay? So casting, so how would I say this? Sharon, cast all of your care. Cast the care of your kids upon, upon the Father God. Why? Because he cares for you. And he cares about what's concerning you. And he's watching over you. He's watching over them. He's, he, he's going to bring you peace through this situation. That's how I would talk to myself with this scripture. Sharon, cast the care of your finances upon the Lord. Sharon, cast the care of your health upon the Lord. Sharon, cast the care of your relationships upon the Lord. Sharon, cast the care of your job upon the Lord. Sharon, cast the care of your animals upon the Lord. I've had to cast the care of my animals upon the Lord and say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. You know what you're doing. You created these animals, so you're going to have to show me what to do. And, and uh, you know, supernaturally, God just opens up, and, and I'm like, oh, that's how you do that. Okay. So, okay, let's move on. No sickness or disease. We know these scriptures. Matthew 8, 17. Isaiah 53 and verse 5 and 1 Peter 2.24. By his stripes you are healed. So again, what, what would I say? I would say, I would say according to Isaiah 53.5, Jesus was wounded for my transgressions. Jesus was bruised for my iniquities. And by his stripes, with his stripes, I am healed. Sharon, you are healed. You are healed. There's also a scripture in um, Acts chapter, I want to say it's Acts chapter 4. It's, after, it's when Peter is explaining to them how the lame man was up walking around. And he's before the um, rulers, and he says to them, he says, he says to them, he says, this man stands before you by the name of Jesus, and, through no, and, and the Amplified says, and through no other name. One time I was, one more story, one time I was dealing with a sickness, and I had been to the doctor, I had been, I had, and no answers were coming, and that scripture came up to me, and I went, I mean, it just, it popped at me, and I went, <gasps> I mean, like, it, it literally, I don't know if you ever had the breath knocked out of you, but I had breath knocked out of me when, when God just opened up that scripture to me, and I went, 
oh my gosh. And so I opened it up and I, and I read it and I, and I inserted my, I said, Sharon, Sharon, you sit here before yourself whole and it's by the name of Jesus and through no other name do you sit here whole. And I confessed that, self, that, that scripture over myself over and over until the pain left and I never dealt with that pain again. See, that's revelation, yeah. I think, let me see if I can find it here. I think it's Acts chapter 4. <clears throat> Just give me a moment. Acts chapter 4 in verse 10. Let it be known and understood by all of you and by the whole house of Israel that in the name and through the power and the authority of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, in him and by means of him, this man is standing here before you well and sound in body. Thanks for asking because that says it a lot better than what I was saying. <laughs> All right, let's look at the last one. Oh, last two. Um, no financial lack. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says that, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches by Christ Jesus. So how would I say, Sharon, all of your needs are met through Christ Jesus because he supplies all of your need. Okay? I also make sure that I'm a tither and I'm an offering giver. It's, it's a law. Okay? That is one of those laws that, you know, if you, want, if, you want to, if you want to receive, you have to sow. If you're not going to give, you're not going to get. Don't expect, God cannot give back if you're not going to give. So don't expect, if, if you're not giving, if you're not, you know, there's one scripture casting your bread up on the waters, for it'll come back on many. If you're not casting the bread out, it's not going to come back. So you've got to cast that bread out there. Okay. And then Proverbs 10, 22 says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. <clears throat> All right. Pardon? You like that one even better. There you go. He adds no sorrow with it. Exactly. The fifth confession that I make over myself, Jesus Christ is my wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So that's out of 1 Corinthians 1, 30. So I would say, I would say, Jesus has been made, Sharon, you have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Why? Because Jesus did that for you. I would tell myself that. And again, I would use tools of the trade that I have at my convenience. I told you about taking your phone and pushing record. Have your verses all written out in front of you or turned out, turned to pages that they're, that they're there and hit record. Record yourself saying the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so, I mean, listen, you're hearing all kinds of things anyway. So why not hear yourself say the word? So as I'm saying the word, as I'm speaking forth the word, faith is being built up on the inside of me. As I hear, because I hear the lies all the time. I'm not smart enough. I don't have a degree. You know, what makes you think that you can do this? Who are you? You know, so I find scriptures that combat those lies and I record them. I say, this is what the lie is saying, but this is what God's truth says. 
And I'll push play and I'll listen to myself say those things over and over and over and over and over again. And like I said before, you know, I do that with our goals that we set every year for ourselves, for me personally, and then that we set for ourselves as, as, as a farm, as a business, as a family. And I find scriptures to back up those and, I, and, I'll, and I'll sit down and I'll record myself saying those. So that whenever all of a sudden I'm feeling like, the farm, the farm, the farm, I can hit play and go, this is what God says. This is what God's word has to say. That help anybody tonight? All right, good. Any questions? Just don't ask me anything about the rapture, the antichrist, the mark of the beast. I don't know nothing about that. I ain't going to be here anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> all right, let's all stand. Father God, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for the testimonies, Father. Thank you, Father, for reminding us you are faithful. Why would we ever doubt that? You are faithful. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for being true to your word. Thank you, Father, that you are a man, that you do not lie. There's no variance in you. There's no shadow of turning with you, Father. Lord, you are our anchor. You're what we can hold on to. You are what we can trust in. You're our stable. You are our, you are our stable. Thank you, Father. And so, Father, because we are in you and we are grounded in you, we, I declare over us that we are stable. I declare that over us that we're not wishy-washy, we're not flipping back and forth, we're not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. I declare over us tonight we are stable because we are anchored in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. God bless you. Have a great evening.